Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, November the 29th. And welcome. Welcome to our commentary. I guess we're seeing more hostages uh, in the afternoon, early afternoon, as I do this. And obviously, we want the hostages reunited uh, with their families. Uh, I think everybody wants that. I'm not sure Hamas cares about that, but we do. Obviously, the United States and Israel. And I would think more fair-minded people in the world would like to see this reunion of the hostages. But that doesn't solve the problem of Hamas. And I agree with the Israeli position. You know, we're, we're going to do a little ceasefire here to get this, uh, these hostages, but we, we have some work to do, and they do. They have to go in and destroy as much as they can these tunnels and these places uh, where Hamas uh, prepares these attacks and so on. And that's just something we have to do. I know there's going to be civilian casualties. I hate to say that because there will be. But I think you have to do a lot of damage to Hamas. And hopefully the United States is talking to Iran as well and telling Iran that uh, they need to shape up because all of this is happening because of Iran. That's the source of the problem. And, uh, you know, they keep shooting at our troops in Iraq and so on. At some point, at some point, you got to take out Iran or at least do something about Iran. And uh, when that is, I don't know. But that's the kind of message we need to be communicating. We have to be very strong to these people that we don't put up with what they did October the 7th. And we're ready to go further, if necessary, uh, to protect our people. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's protecting not just the people of Israel who were subjected to this horrific attack, on October 7th, but this is really a war against freedom, a war against the West. And you have to you have to fight them. I don't know how else to to say it. So bad situation, bad situation. If you've been following the news, you know that these migrants uh, are up in New York City, they're up in Chicago, and we are now coming to terms with a very serious problem, and that is that the winter is just around the corner. Places like New York or Chicago are going to get very cold here in the next 30 days. And these people don't have housing. Some of them are on the streets. And that's going to create even more problems uh, than the ones that uh, we now have. I have a post uh, coming out Thursday morning where I talk about the mayor of Chicago who is now blaming the previous mayor, Lori Lightfoot, for the, the situation with the migrants. I find this fascinating. I find it fascinating. The mayor of Chicago is blaming the former mayor, another Democrat. So one Democrat is blaming another Democrat, but nobody seems to want to blame Joe Biden. 
I mean, this is happening on the border because of Joe Biden, and yet nobody wants to blame him. They, they're, they're blaming the mayor of Chicago is even talking about right-wing extremists. I love that one. Who, who are these people? Uh, you know, the, he's blaming Lori Lightfoot, the previous mayor. Now, I'm not a fan of Lori Lightfoot. I thought she was a horrible mayor, but I'm not sure she created the border crisis. I think that one is in the Oval Office, but he won't criticize President Biden. I mean, he just won't. Now, what's happening in Chicago is that there are like 68,000 homeless people, and the city of Chicago cannot provide housing for both. If you give the housing to the migrants, then you got to take it away from the homeless people, and they are not happy. They're very angry that their support and services are going to these migrants. So it's a, it's a very politically difficult situation for these cities. I mean, we know New York City, the mayor is in deep trouble already for this. And the mayor of Chicago, who is not very popular these days, even though he's only been in office uh, for six months or so, but he's having a lot of problems. Uh, the city is having a lot of problems uh, with these migrants. And that's just something that they don't really have any solutions for it because there's only one solution. They need to stand up and call out the Biden administration and tell the Biden administration to have a policy on the border that makes sense. Letting people into the country for no reason at all is not immigration or asylum. We have a noble tradition in the United States of asylum, but that tradition has always come with certain discipline or certain order. You just don't open up your borders and say, hey, come right in, and uh, we'll let you know when the judge can see you. That's not immigration. That is not asylum. That is crazy. And that's what uh, more and more Democrats are beginning to realize. You know, one of the things that the governor of Texas has done in sending these migrants to these cities is that he has forced Democrats to, to see the crisis that many of our cities on the border are having. And now these mayors up there are saying a lot of things. They're reacting to it. What they're saying is similar to what the border towns in Texas are saying is we cannot handle uh, people in this magnitude. Now, I just saw a story yesterday that there's another train of migrants cutting through Mexico. Now, look, I, I don't understand why Me I don't understand how Me Mexico benefits from any of this. I really don't. I talk to Mexican friends, and they don't understand how Mexico benefits from this. How Mexico benefits from being like an avenue to the United States that invites all kinds of criminal elements and so on uh, to engage in, in human in human trafficking. But I think President Biden needs to call the president of Mexico and say, stop it. Stop the train and send it back. Stop the train and send it back because they're not coming in. That's the kind of leadership that we're missing. That's the kind of thing that, see, that's what we had under President Trump. I know some people don't like him, but what we had under President Trump was certain understanding about the border where Mexico and the United States understood that uh, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, was very serious about the border. I don't think they feel that way about President Biden at all. In fact, I, I, I don't even know if they, uh, if they know what President Biden's position on the border is because it's so unclear and so chaotic. How can anybody really know what the heck uh, is going on? Speaking of Mexico, I have a post uh, that came out Wednesday over at the American Thinker about something going on in Mexico. You know, in Mexico, of course, the cartels are pretty powerful. And uh, 
a lot of people are writing songs about them. You know, these uh, folk groups write songs about the cartels, and some are good, some are critical. But, you know, they're out there. You hear them on the radio. You hear them in the street corners. Uh, they're songs about the cartels. They talk about the violence. They somehow, Sometimes they glamorize people like Chapo Guzman, who is currently sitting in jail here in the United States. Sometimes they glamorize these people. Other times, you know, they, they, uh, they talk about the violence and everything going on. And these kinds of songs are known in Mexico as narco corridos. And it's just a style of music. Corrido is a style of music that is very popular in Mexico as well as Latin America. And generally, they're, you know, they're, they're songs, they're very monotonous songs, but they basically tell stories. They tell stories about this or this or this or that. And these narco corridos have become very popular uh, in Mexico to the point, and that's what my post is about, that the city of Tijuana across the, the, the border from, from San Diego is uh, basically wants these songs shut down. They don't want these songs on the radio. They, they're saying that these songs are, are doing a lot of harm to the young people because they're glamorizing uh, the cartels. I think they're, they're going to have some problems enforcing that because, of course, you got freedom of speech, and I'm not sure government can tell you what song you can sing or what music a radio station could play. I don't think... Uh, so I don't think the Mexican courts are going to accept this, but at the same time, it really shows you just how deep uh, this problem is becoming in Mexico, where you have more and more just uh, the influence of these cartels. Uh, they're into the music now, which uh, tells you, I think, a lot about about their influence. Well, we have a few things on this day in history. I want to go through them quickly because there's quite a few. We normally don't have that many uh, on one commentary. 2001, George Harrison of the Beatles passed away. He was 58 years old. George had been ill with cancer for some time, um, maybe about 10 years, as I remember. And, uh, you know, eventually it caught up with him 22 years ago today. But this is the point I wanted to make. When you hear that George Harrison has been dead for 22 years, at least me, I don't know if some of you, but it really just strikes me as, wow, 22 years. Where did 22 years go? They went. Now, George Harrison passed away 22 years ago today of cancer. I'm not sure if he was in Los Angeles or London, but uh, he did pass away of cancer. On this day in 1981, Natalie Wood died uh, in an accident, uh, drowning, I think it was. And, you know, there's still a lot of controversy about that. Natalie Wood, of course, an absolutely beautiful woman. And there's still a lot of controversy about that drowning. Was it an accident or was it something else? I think the case is still open, uh, to my knowledge. Natalie, Natalie Wood. Louisa May Scott, now you, Alcott, you may remember her. She was born in 1832, passed away in 1888, so this is uh, a while back. But she was the author, <clears throat> excuse me, of those books, uh, Little Women and some of those other books. She wrote those books. And I know that uh, many young girls and many young women used to read those books in school. And by the way, they made a very good movie out of that book. There's two good movies that they made. Back in the 1940s, they made a movie with Elizabeth Taylor and June Allison, I think. And then here more recently with some other people that I don't quite recognize. But both movies were actually pretty good. They were pretty, uh, pretty decent uh, movies. Vince Scully. Now, if you grew up a Dodger fan, 
whether you grew up in Brooklyn or in L.A., you know, you knew Vin Scully. Vin Scully was the voice of the Dodgers for 60-something years. The man had an unbelievable style and elegance in how he, you know, described the baseball game. He was second to none. Uh, some people loved him. Other people thought he was too soft. I used to love him. I loved uh, Vin Scully. Now, I never lived in L.A., <clears throat> obviously not in Brooklyn. So my knowledge of Vin Scully came because he used to do the postseason games on television. And that is how I got to know him. When he would do the postseason games, I would say, my goodness, who's this great announcer? Vin Scully. He uh, was born on this day in 19, uh, 1927 in New York. And we also remember today Minnie Minoso, the great baseball player, the great Cuban baseball player, who was born in this day in 1925. He uh, died in 2015. Uh, Minoso, of course, was the first Cuban black player, the first Cuban black star in the major leagues. He came up, I think it was 1949, shortly after Jackie Robinson. But he was just an absolutely great hitter. And he played most of his career with the White Sox. That's where he enjoyed... Uh, much of his success, and he was put in the Hall of Fame in early 2023. When they do the special veterans committee, they selected uh, Minnie Minoso uh, to be in the Hall of Fame, and that was a very good selection. Minnie uh, Minoso should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. So there you have it. That's quite a few memories out of this uh, November 29th. Uh, lots of people, lots of things to remember. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.